Donald Trump has a few tweets this morning for America at the start of August on this Tuesday, the 1st, 2017. So let's get to what Trump is saying. Trump says that the stock market could hit all-time high again, 22,000 today was 18,000 only six months ago on election day. Mainstream media seldom mentions. And why should they? Donald Trump would only be interested if the mainstream media somehow connected the goods or the bads of the stock market to his presidency, and over time data suggests that things like taxes and the stock market and the economy, uh, you know, don't really uh, have a whole lot to do with the president. I guess taxes do, considering they sign laws. Donald Trump also says corporations have never made as much money as they are making now. Thank you, Stuart Varney at Fox & Friends. Jobs are starting to roar. Watch. This is, of course, commenting on the fact that Donald Trump starts his mornings by watching at Fox & Friends. So if you want to know what's going through the president's head, go to Twitter or go directly to the source, Fox & Friends, in the morning. I hear from some sources that it's a great program. Finally, Donald Trump tweets, Only the fake news media and Trump enemies, Trump referencing himself in the third person, want me to stop using social media, in parentheses, 110 million people. Only way for me to get the truth out. Media sources on both ends of the political spectrum have said that they like Donald Trump's tweetings. It's one of the few times in history that the mass public and the media actually have an inside first-person view into what the president is thinking basically on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Now, honestly, it's probably more Republicans on Capitol Hill, so GOP elites that want Trump to stop tweeting, because Trump is currently associated, however slightly, with the Republican brand, and they don't like him spitting and muddying up their brand. Those were Trump's tweets explained. I'm Ian Shapiro, and you're listening to Politics Explained. A new story by the Washington Post over the weekend begins to tie Trump more directly to the meeting that occurred between Donald Trump Jr. and a Russian lawyer during the 2016 presidential election. Now, the allegation being made is citing multiple people with knowledge of the situation. They're essentially saying that Trump had a direct hand in crafting Trump Jr.'s statement to the press. Specifically, the Washington Post reports that Trump actually helped dictate the statement while flying back to Washington, D.C. from his visit to the G20 summit in Hamburg when he was on Air Force One. One advisor has been quoted saying that he saw or she saw this move as unnecessary and that while the president only saw this situation as a political problem, him having a direct hand in crafting a misleading statement to the public could also, in the eyes of Robert Mueller, who is currently special prosecutor to the Russia investigation, could be a legal problem. More on this story as it develops on Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Despite claims via Twitter that the White House is not in chaos and that it is a great day at the White House, there appears to be a few shakeups going on at whitehousepersonnel.hq.inc.corporation, whatever you want to call the Trump administration at this point. Anthony Scaramucci, who was the recently appointed communications director, is out. 
and General Kelly is the new replacement for Reince Priebus, who once held the position of Chief of Staff. Now, Chief of Staff is basically like the awesomely powerful gatekeeper, right? This is the Leo McGarry of the West Wing. And one of his jobs as being gatekeeper is to make sure that there are no direct lines from anyone in the Trump administration to Trump himself. This is a role that Anthony Scaramucci kind of flaunted that he would have a direct role. And Kelly, in order to impose order on what is surely a floundering White House situation, definitely wanted to cut that loose end especially after public infighting between Priebus and Scaramucci occurred last week, and Scaramucci went on record against Priebus and Bannon, top uh, strategist and chief of staff of the current White House in The New Yorker, basically using a lot of expletives that made many mainstream media stations review uh, their code of conduct of what they could and could not uh, bleep out on the air. Anyway, the big news is that communications director Anthony Scaramucci is out after about 10 days. If you were on Twitter yesterday, you probably saw a million memes and jokes about the whole thing. Uh, but honestly, this may be good for the White House. They need a clear message and they need a clear hierarchy to be able to actually get their message out and get things done internally. This is clearly something that the White House has not been good at, as evidenced by their failure to push forward healthcare legislation. Donald Trump at times during the whole healthcare debate seemed uninterested, and the most he really did was threaten a few senators like Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Dean Heller of Nevada. Will this White House shakeup make the Trump administration more efficient and hierarchical? Well, only time will tell. And if this week is as crazy as last week, then maybe time won't even tell. Maybe we'll all still be sorting it out a week later. You're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Fake news, fake news everywhere, but not a drop to drink. That is, of course, after new allegations of a fake news story regarding a DNC staffer arise this morning. The Fox News Channel and a wealthy supporter of President Trump allegedly worked in concert with each other and with the White House in order to concoct a now known to be fake story about the death of a young Democratic national aide. You may have heard of him in the news, Seth Rich. The allegations are such that Fox News and the Trump supporter wanted to use this story to deflect from public attention in basically the arena of Trump's connections with Russia, a growing story of public interest at the time. The story itself, when it was published on Fox, did not have enough evidence to truly be substantiated, but that didn't stop it from dominating the Fox news cycle and even being a solid piece on the Sean Hannity program. About a week after it was released, Fox retracted it with an apology statement. However, the damage had been done. Once information and misinformation is out in the public sphere, especially with fast social media like Twitter, it doesn't appear that much can be done. The ongoing lawsuit is going to primarily concern 
who knew that the story was fabricated, and who contributed to different pieces of the fabrication. Also, and this is a hard one, what was the true intent behind the fabricated story? Was it to hurt the Democratic Party? Was it to bring attention to Hillary Clinton and different DNC misgivings as opposed to Trump and his potential ties to Russia? We will see as the lawsuit moves forward. You're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Under the Affordable Care Act, insurance companies are required by law to provide discounts for people with low income in order that they may buy health care insurance through the public exchanges. The federal money that goes to insurers to help them pay for these discounts are known as cost-sharing reductions, and they essentially offset the money insurers would lose by lowering the deductibles, co-payments, and premiums that they give to these low-income policyholders. In in a series of tweets over the weekend, Donald Trump showed his frustration with the Republican Party and Congress at large in their inability to repeal and replace Obamacare by essentially threatening to withhold these cost-sharing reduction funds from insurance companies. This is just one step that the Trump administration can take in order to generate a self-fulfilling prophecy of an insurance market death spiral. Because when you withhold cost-sharing reductions, that means that insurance companies will raise their premiums, that means that healthy individuals are going to be less likely likely to pay into the system, and that means that you're going to have a bunch of older, sick people in the system, and insurance is unsustainable when that is the case. Thus, a death spiral will occur. Donald Trump has said on numerous occasions that he wants to let Obamacare implode. However, most research on the law and health experts suggest that it's unlikely that a death spiral will be likely unless the Trump administration does something to pull the carpet out from under the law. For more on the future of American healthcare, I'm Ian Shapiro, you're listening to Politics Explained.